as you're turning to 1 Corinthians 12, I'm trying to find my glasses. Can you give me my glasses in my bag? <coughs> Forgot my glasses. Sometimes glasses come in handy, especially when you're a, a grandparent. Um, what an exciting week uh, for us. Thank you. To have not only one, but, but two, and um, just the, the joy that's there. Not only did we have two, we had a boy and a girl, so we really just kind of were able to, to knock out uh, so many different kind of categories in that. But today we're, we're continuing our, our conversation on truth matters. It matters that we're honest. It matters that we're truthful. Where do we get truth? We, we, we really can only rely on scripture. We can't rely on people, mankind, men are sinners, uh, men suppress the truth, uh, men write books, men create movies, men are the ones that, that put forth these, these bad ideas. And so we need to go to scripture to, to get our anchor. We've been talking about some of the more political things and, and we're addressing them because this is what's happening around us and we need to learn how to, how, how to apply uh, scripture uh, to our lives. We, we have to learn how to have a, a biblical approach to the principles that are around us, not a political one. And so even though we're addressing these issues that all have like a political strain, uh, the goal is not to be political. And if, if that's what you hear, uh, then, then really I failed um, because we don't want to be political. That's the last thing in the world we want to be. And that's the, the main reason when we're talking about this idea of, of, of progressive Christianity, by definition, they are political. And the political takes precedence over the spiritual, over the biblical. That's what, not what we want to do. But we're addressing these different things that have... Uh, the the political uh, just emphasis that's placed on it. So today we're going to be talking about about racism, a biblical view of racism. Uh, I was saved in the summer of 1988, and I was baptized in 1989, a year later, in an all-black church in South Central. Uh, I was there because that was the the community that I felt more most comfortable w- comfortable with. Uh, the people I felt most comfortable with when I was attending a pretty much an all-white uh, conservative Baptist church, uh, I didn't like it there. I could feel the judgment. I could see the, the looks in their eyes looking at me and my shaved head and my clothes and the way I looked. And um, that was definitely a turn off, right? And so I ended up in, a, in an all-black church. And I learned that people are people crazy isn't it people are people Uh, they had problems too they have the same kind of uh, concerns that we have same kind of petty disagreements Um, I was in conflict because you know I was uh, you know I'm a a, the the four parts of me are German Irish Mexican and Spanish but in my brain I'm Mexican all the way the family that I identified with the family that I loved and lived with um, was influenced by was the Mexican side of my family. So in my brain, although I'm white, I'm Mexican. But then in the past couple of years, all I hung out were a b- 
bunch of uh, black football players and in my brain, and then now I'm baptized in an all-black church. So I'm actually really black. You guys just didn't know that. Um, and I say that, it's kind of funny, but the truth is um, that was, again, where I was in my, my environment, my culture at that time. And, and it just kind of taught me where, well, you know, I don't really see color. I really don't. My dad never taught me to be that way. I, I was trained on a sports field, and the only thing that mattered was who was better. I learned that everybody bleeds. Everybody can be run over. Everybody can be beaten. So the only thing that mattered was who was better on the field. It didn't matter what color they were. We've been reading in Romans, Romans 1. In Romans 1, we're reminded of just a, some, a, 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 a bedrock for us. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation. And, and so the, the Bible itself, the gospel of truth, we're, we're not ashamed of the Bible. This book is not out of date. What's happening in culture around us, it's out of date. The Bible is what's true, and I'm not ashamed of the Bible. And then the Bible's what has the, the power of salvation, not progressive Christianity, not a new kind of Christianity. If it's new, it probably isn't true. And even embedded here, to everyone who believes, to everyone who believes, that includes red, yellow, black, and white. There is no color distinction in the scriptures. To everyone who believes, and then again, there's an identification here, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so right away we see, whoa, wait a minute, we're identifying, we're identifying people, the, the Jews, which, you know, skin color, white, and the Greek, which is weird. Why are we comparing Greeks and Jews? Greeks are white. At this time in the world, though, you have to understand that most of the Roman Empire, a third of the Roman Empire was held under the bondage of slavery. Slavic comes from, or slave comes from the term Slavic, which is uh, from the, uh, the, the European part. And they were white. And the Greeks were the most enslaved by the Romans. And so what you have here is, okay, here's just like anybody in the world reading in, in Romans would immediately find understand everybody means everybody for it is is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written but the righteous man shall live by faith for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth remember a couple weeks ago we were talking the beginning of our misunderstanding is going to be a suppression of truth And so man will suppress the truth, verse 19, because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood, though, that what has been made, so they are without excuse. So in, instead of understanding what we can clearly see with our eyes regarding even the issue of race, which is what? People are people. We're all people. There really isn't an issue of, of the color of your skin. 
And so we can see that. We can clearly see that. We can clearly understand that. But, but we want to suppress the truth. Why? Well, because we've made a big deal out of it. And if there, there's an old saying, you know, um, perception, right? Perception is reality. Well, it is then, right? I mean, you, you can self-perceive something into, into reality. So if there's a major problem with racism in America, guess what? There's a major problem with racism in America in that that's all they're talking about. Uh, they've created this problem. We can look at America and just by definition, I mean, what is an American? Can anybody even identify or explain what an American is? I mean, that's what the beauty of the great melting pot was, right? That, that you'd come in and the early settlers being Irish and Italian. We had Indians, we had Mexicans, we had Chinese, we have Jews, we have black, we have all kinds of different Africans, right? What's an American? And all these people were having children. Um, so what's a true Ameri American? Is that an identification by skin? Um, well, Scripture's not silent regarding race. I mean, we, we see different, uh, you know, ethnic groups right here, right away. We see Greeks and, and Jews. Um, we've seen throughout the Old Testament that, that the Israelites, the Egyptians, the Philistines, the, uh, the um, uh, you know, Babylonians, Medes, and the Persians. I mean, yeah, we know that there's different people from different lands. We, we get that. Scripture does not avoid that. It's not about slavery. Most of scripture includes uh, a, a history of slavery that has nothing to do with the color of skin. So that's not really what, what we're talking about, especially when we're talking about American racism, which has concluded that the only thing that matters for some reason is, is black skin versus white skin. I just watched a, um, a special on the, the, the the Nazis in Germany and, and it was like how did this happen how did this happen in Europe that you know people woke up and all of a sudden you know all all the Jews are gathered up from all kinds of countries n not just Germany Austria Czechoslovakia Poland um, I mean all over Eastern Europe they were gathered up again wasn't the color of skin they're all white um, so, so what's going on here? And, and how do we live in this culture and society now, this highly political um, situation that we have? Is there a place of, of, for racism and Christianity? Let me be crystal clear. Absolutely not. The, the Bible has been attacked as, as you know, being uh, racist. Why? Again, because of slavery in the Bible. Um, we've been through that. We, we preached on uh, what slavery is and what it's not. It has nothing to do with the color of skin, and it's not something that is acceptable and something that we do today. Um, it's just historically what was taking place back then that you have to address. In Galatians 3, 26, it says, For you are all sons of God. Everybody's a son of God. Everybody. Through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ and been clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free man. There is neither male or female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring according to the heirs of promise. That should be our anchor. That should be our anchor first and foremost as believers. 
first and foremost, we are not Americans. We are Christians. That's our identification. And there is neither Jew nor Greek nor nothing in that. Nothing. We're Christians. Well, we've seen in American history in particular, uh, we've seen, yeah, a history of, of slavery. We've seen a history of, of racism. But what does that mean? Does that mean we're all racist? Uh, may I remind you that uh, in 1619, this little ship called the Mayflower with a bunch of Christians <laughs> called the Pilgrims arrived and landed in, in Plymouth. And none of them had slaves. Simultaneously, there's another group in 1619 in Jamestown that had about 10 slaves. Is that to suggest that the entirety of America is founded on slavery? When immediately there's already one area that has nothing to do with that. But if you listen to the 1619 project, then that's what you would believe. Even though never all of America was in, enslaved, ever. You can cut America in half down the Mississippi. Everybody west of that was never was slavery legal. You can cut the America in half again, and the North didn't have slaves, and the South did. You can cut it in half again and say only 10% of the South even owned slaves. Then you look at the North, and the North fought to, to free slaves. So this idea that American has a history of, of being racist is just false. Uh, can remind you of a little thing called the Emancipation Proclamation, which was by Abraham Lincoln, by white guys. Um, so the truth is, yes, there are and will always be individuals. That is true. <coughs> what we want to get our minds wrapped around is, well, as a whole, as, as a community, as a country. We saw the Civil Rights Movement come where there was changes in voting and segregation. And, and in a very, very sad way, we're seeing a, a, a fight and an argument to bring segregation black as a form of non-racism, which is defined exclusively by race and color. When you talk about the world, um, you know, thinking what's right in their own eyes and the fools, right, thinking they're wise, professing wisdom are fools you, you don't have to go any further than something like segregation being a good thing to address racism and while america has a history of racism and slavery um can we say that well by standards we're, we're, we're still doing better than most countries in the world which is why most most people from africa that would that, that are black want to come here. Um, I don't think they would want to go to a more racist place. We see that in Christianity, Christianity has not been shy about following. Last week we had, had um, Trevor talking about uh, in Matthew 28, go make disciples. Where? To all the nations. What color? All colors. What race? All ra Doesn't we go as Christians everywhere? everywhere is there a problem yeah there's a problem we're not pretending here that there's a problem what we want to know is is understanding the the truth of what the real problem is and and really what's our response right i mentioned the progressive christianity it comes out of progressive politics and and these issues 
and the way that we've uh, addressed these issues in America, we can honestly say are only making things worse. They're not better. They're not better. Martin Luther King's speech was that he had a dream that we, we wouldn't even recognize each other by the color of their skin. Not, not define everything by the color of our skin. We, we've gone backwards. Uh, we elected a president that was black twice in America, and somehow we're more racist now. Um, still trying to figure out that one. We have more voting rights, more elected officials, and yet somehow America's under attack. Well, the attack is satanic. The attack is is something that, that goes beyond just politics. And this is what makes it um, important for us to address. This attack is in the church. And that's the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because one of the, the, the pillars of progressive Christianity is this address that we're all racist. Uh, well, I don't accept that. I don't personally accept that. Um, <coughs> And, and I would challenge somebody to, to define what that means and to prove it. Now, yeah, I believe you, you who are telling and pointing the fingers at everybody, that you believe everybody else is a racist. Well, you probably are, which is why you can't conceive that others aren't. Uh, so you, they can point the finger right back. But as a, as a believer, as a Christian, that goes against everything that we see in Christianity. And so I would challenge and say, too, as a new believer and new creature in Christ, an authentic believer could never be a racist. We see this thing called Black Lives Matter, which is entirely a political thing. It's, it's not a, a, a real civil rights movement. If it was, then again, we, we would see a concern for, for anybody who's facing injustice. And do black, black lives matter? Like, are, are they, uh, you know, checking the grade of pigmentation and skin color? No. Um, we should be seeking what true justice is. We should be seeking what, what the rule of law is. Instead, we're seeing, and, and I mentioned before, this, this new movement to... to Revised history, the 1619 Project, uh, CRT, critical race theory. These are real things that are really happening. They're really happening in schools. And all this is is to indoctrinate our children into believing that they're racist. Just by definition, because they have a different color of skin. Um, it, it's wicked and evil to the core. When you, and, and it's not even historically and factu factually even remotely close to being correct. Again, 1619 was one, not the creation of America. Maybe you remember a little thing called the American Revolution in 1776 because America was British. America was French if you're in New Orleans. America was Spanish if you were in Florida. America was Mexican if you're in California. So the idea that in 1619, well, there is no America. Um, so you're going to have to blame somebody else. But now what we're seeing is that it's going from our schools, it's in our, in our, our businesses, the DEI, the diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's just ripping apart our, 
our businesses. And again, you're sitting there in a room looking left and right at one another and judging one another based on not just the color of your skin. Now it's also based on whether you're male or female. It's based on your, your sexuality. It's just a complete new form of reverse racism. All of these things create division. All of these things create hate. All of these things create angst. Who does that sound like? This is a satanic attack. Um, the other idea of Christianity, the, the base of Christianity being forgiveness, forgiveness, not keeping accounts of wrong, wrong suffered. Racism cannot thrive if you truly love. If you truly don't keep account of wrong suffered. It, it, it can't breathe any longer. If you really regard your neighbor as yourself, it can't breathe. If you truly live out the biblical principles, th there's nowhere for, for authentic racism to go. But I want to remind you that racism can be true. And if it is true, it doesn't matter of the color. Just ask the Jews and Hitler. And it can happen. That's why we have to be on guard. And it can happen within the church. We see other little evil, wicked things like, like equality, a fight for equality or equal opportunity versus equal outcomes. We will never end up the same. But that's not the definition of equality. That's the beauty of America. We have an equal opportunity and equal right to what? Be a business owner. Do whatever job you want to do. Try to do it. Try to make as much money as you can. You, you have the freedom to do that. That's the equal opportunity. But it doesn't mean that you're going to end up the same. We have skills and talents, and we're going to address that in 1 Corinthians. Different gifts, different likes, different interests. Some people are better than others. Some people will just flat out work harder. They're not even better. They'll just work longer and harder. What are we going to do about that? Well, they've tried to fix that with things like affirmative action, which again is just a, a form of reverse racism. Well, there's not enough uh, you know, black students that are attending Harvard. Well, there's not enough any student except Asian students. And so let's keep them out. Well, that's racism. It it's baffles the mind. Uh, but somehow affirmative action uh, by what? By identifying people by race. Is the answer and solution? Well, what about the white privilege thing? Well, you, what would you know? You're white. I'm not white. Right? I mean, I, I've failed to ever meet somebody of, of uh, um, someone who's black or somebody who's a, a different ethnicity that's had any harder of a life than I've had. I don't have privilege other than than having a mom and dad who cared for me and loved for me and were willing to help me and but they could only help me so much um I, you know i wasn't given a million dollar check upon graduation um well we all have all of us have privileges we just have different kinds of privileges different advantages we see this in sports some guys are tall. Well, they'll probably make a better basketball player. Some guys are fast. They'll do better in track. Some guys are stronger. We'll put them in football. Some guys are smarter. We'll make them baseball players. Um, yeah, I'm a biased a little bit. Um, <coughs> but we have all these various gifts. We have engineers. We have musicians. We have artists. That's a beautiful thing, not a bad thing. 
So yes, racism is, exists, but 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 what is it? Um, the idea of favoritism, hatred, being unkind, judging, and having an arrogance about that. Yeah, those are the the, the core issues of of true racism. Those are the things that we want to be on guard against. And, and we can be subject to the, all of us can be subject to them. What we want to be is Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine. We want to learn how to do a better job of loving thy neighbor as thyself. Well, I don't know about you, but I got neighbors from all over the place. The craziest one's from Kentucky. But we love our neighbors as ourselves. doesn't matter where they're from. And in Philippians 2, 3 through 4, we live our lives with this. We do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard others as more important than ourselves. Again, there's no oxygen for racism in that. As Christians, that, that is either who you are or you're not a Christian. If you love me, you keep my commandments. If you don't love me, yeah, well then yeah, you can flourish as a racist. But you're not one who loves Jesus. Cannot be. You cannot be if you're not accurately applying biblical principles. Well, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12. And again, 1 Corinthians 12 has the kind of that background of it's not fair. <laughs> What's not fair? Well, your spiritual gift. Your spiritual gift is not the same as my spiritual gift. It's not fair. Because that's really what we're talking about, right? It's not fair. The hand, which is better, the hand, the eye, the foot. And so what we're going to look at here is we want to we ground our hearts um, in, in a proper understanding of, of, of racism so that we can apply biblical principles, biblical principles in, in, in real lifetime. We're going to see three things. One, a, a clarification of racism. Two, there is no superiority or superior race. There's no superior race. And number three, there's an unhealthy attention on racism, which is ironic because I'm addressing racism. But we have to learn how to apply biblical principles to these subjects because they keep coming out. So the first biblical principle is a clarification of racism. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, beginning verse 12 uh, through 14. For even as the body is one, yet as many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink one spirit. Look, here's the truth. We're all one spirit. This is temporary. This, as 1 Corinthians uh, defines, is a tent. We're actually spirit beings. There is no color in spirit beings. There is no nationality in a spirit being. And if you get your mind right, your focus is going to be on following Christ because you're going to die and fly away and then that spirit being is what gathers up with Christ not your race not only that but uh, we're, we're all members as believers we're members of the same body what color body well it doesn't say what color why because it's not important 
in fact, it also just immediately addresses this idea of let's be crystal clear. It's not about being Jewish from Israel. What does that mean? God's chosen people. Those days are over. We're in the New Testament now, establishing the New Testament church. And, and, and what, ha- what keeps recurring over and over in the New Testament letters is, well, I'm a Jew. I, I, I'm, I'm still a little better than, than the, the Ephesian, right? I'm still a little better than the other Corinthians, right? No. It's not about being Jewish. It's not about being a Greek, because that's where Corinth is, right? So specifically addressing the, the, the two main people here. It's not about being Greek or, or Israeli. It's not about being a slave or free. That was actually a bigger issue. What was your, your, whether or not you were a slave because you were nothing, right? And it had nothing again to do with the color of your skin. It was be, because you were conquered by another country. But that doesn't matter either. Well, if being a Jew doesn't matter, being Greek doesn't matter, being a slave doesn't matter, being free doesn't matter, what matters? Drinking of the same spirit. Let, 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 let's, let's get a proper understanding. You are not a race of any special significant. You are a, a spiritual being, either a follower of Christ or not. That's the only thing that should matter. That's the only thing that does matter. Galatians 3 uh, reiterates that. Neither Jew nor Greek. Ephesians 6 reminds us, we're not of flesh and blood. Our battle's not flesh and blood either. It just so happens, this is the, it's, it's the laziest, simplest way to look at each other. is just by that quick glance and, and looking at, at a skin tone. It, it's lazy. We see here in, 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 in this verse that, that the body is, is, has many members, um, but yet one. Many, but one. We're, we're, we, we are unique, but not inferior. We're, we're just many. We're unique. The principle then of, well, who's better? Who's better? Well, nobody's better. Nobody's better. We're going to see laid out that here's some some variances of these gifts and none of them are better but again first let's let's take a step back in Corinth which is the Corinthian church which is in in Greece Greece is a major metropolitan uh, uh, metropolitan I, I keep thinking of, um, <laughs> of that silly cartoon metrocity um, yeah now I, now I can't get the word right um, there's a lot of people there I'll go the porky pig style um, there's an isthmus that goes through Greece so that you could cut through Greece, right? Well, what does that mean? That means the Middle East, Turkey, to Ephesus, to Corinth, to Rome, Italy, France. It's like all this is like a superhighway that's going through Corinth. It's one of the most largest, most powerful cities uh, in Greece, ergo in the world. Rome had destroyed it in, uh, 140, in about 150 years before this. And so it's actually a Roman hub at this point now. Which means what? Wealthy merchants and also grubby sailors, right? That come from all over the place. People coming from all over the world, all different colors, ethnicities are coming here. They even have these things called, you know, the Olympic Games. Maybe some of you have heard of them. Um, 
and Corinth had their own Oly Olympic Games. Why all these people from all over? I mean, this place is, is a mecca of a lot of different people coming to it. Alexander the Greek, uh, the, the Greek was going all, the, all over the world and conquering different nations and enslaving them and bringing them back to an area like Corinth. I mentioned earlier that a, a third of the Roman citizens were slaves. Most of the slaves that they had were Greek slaves. So to, to understand this passage, you have to understand who the people are that it's being written to in this passage. And so the members of the Corinthian church are, are going to be Jews and Greeks and slaves and free. A lot of different people. And so this letter is saying, look, let's get one thing straight. One body, many members, many ethnicities, but one body. Let's not lose sight of that. Let's not lose sight of that. So here's our question. Well, what is race? We've been kind of talking about that, right? Well, we, we go back to Genesis 1. Let's go back to Scripture. Let's go back to the Bible. Let's go back to, to the beginning. And we see in Genesis 1, some of our foundational principles, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created male and female. He created them. Now, this seems basic, but this is where homo sapiens are created, not by evolution. This is where God creates homo sapiens. This is where God creates mankind, a male and a female. We learn another great principle there, too, right? Now we got male and female. Male and female are the only ones who can produce. And we understand there that now all people in the history of mankind are going to come from two people, meaning what? Meaning we're all related in one shape or a form. Well, we had a reset, right? There was a flood. And then there was only Noah. Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth come off the boat. Guess what? One way, shape, or form, every single person in this room comes from them. We're all related. So what race are we talking about? We're talking about the human race. There's only one race. That's the truth. Now, do we have different ethnicities? Yeah, based on what? No, based on where people lived. You know, I mentioned that I have Mexican, Spanish, German, Irish descent. Ironically, same skin tone, you would think. Unless you saw a picture of my family just a couple generations ago. And you'd see that the males, for whatever reason, the males in that would be darker than anybody in this room. And yet the females were as light as anybody in this room. Well, what do you think happens to their children? Darker or lighter? And then when those children get married and get married to lighter skinned people, what do you think happens to their children? Lighter even still. And then it happens again. Lighter even still. And then guess what happens when one of those people marries somebody who's darker? Then the whole cycle starts over again and they get a little darker. And then they marry somebody who's even darker. And guess what? In four or five generations, you can go from dark to light back to dark again. Same family. Skin tone? What, is, what does that mean? We have nations. Yes, we have nations. Um, nations have different culture, different religions, different customs, different ways about doing things, which is why the Israelites were continuously warned, do not intermarry with them. Why? What happens? The, then the, the, the wives would bring in the idols of their 
lands of their fathers of their community. You want to have a better understand this? Read Solomon and his wives and how his wives would bring in these different religions. Well, that becomes a different culture. So a real understanding is better to be understood by by the descendants, which then creates the ethnicity, the ancestry, uh, the nations, cultures, customs. In a little bit, we'll even talk about just the, the, the skin color itself. But race in and of itself, it's just a human construct, you guys. It's a completely inappropriate and improper way to identify. Um, I love baseball. I love Major League Baseball. And on any given day, you can turn on the clicker and, and watch a baseball game. And, and, you know, you see guys like, you know, one of my favorites was this guy named Vladimir Guerrero, right? Well, is he black? Or what is he? Because he looks black on my TV screen. He's from the Dominican Republic. Well, he's not African. He's Dominican. It's like, okay, now we have a whole new ball game. So now in baseball, it's like, well, is the guy black, white, or Dominican? Even though the black guys look exactly like the Dominican guys. And you start to see, this is kind of a silly way of identifying people. We're all homo sapiens. We're all spiritual beings created by God under his grace. We all have uniqueness. We all have uniqueness, and we see that, again, laid out in this 1 Corinthians 12. Well, the second biblical principle, then, is, look, there's no superior race. There's no superior one. Verse 15, if the foot says, and we can interchange this with just, you know, if, if somebody who's dark says, because I am not the hand, because I'm not a proper Brit, I'm not part of the body, is not... Is this not for a reason any less part of the body? If, if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, am I not part of the body? It is not for this reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Well, here we see this understanding of these spiritual gifts that's now put in this illustration of the human body and this illustration of feet and, and hands and eyes. Well, we can also take that to the, the next step being well, let's just interchange this for different quote-unquote races. Which one's better? Which one should say, well, I'm better because? Well, none of them. Th again, this, this is why this is, the whole thing is preposterous. God has placed, God has designed, God has created just as he desired. Why don't we all look the same? Because God didn't want us to all look the same. Otherwise, we'd look like one of those futuristic weirdo movies, right? Where everybody wore the same jumpsuit and looked the same. Pretty boring, isn't it? It's pretty cool that we have like brown and red and blonde hair and black hair and albino hair and no hair and half hair, right? Gray hair. I mean, all these things are what makes us unique and individuals. Um, it, it's, it's actually a beautiful thing. We were at... 
um, you know, Bouchard Gardens. And it's not that every single flower in the garden is a red rose. That's boring. It's all the different various mm -hmm. kinds of flowers and the different colors. And some are mixed and some are tall and some grow over, over hedges and whatnot. It's the differences that makes it so beautiful. When God says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the entire earth. Do, do you think people that live in the desert might come out looking a little bit different than people who grow up living in the, in the Northwest? I might go look at my own family members and see their skin color get a lot lighter in the Pacific Northwest than it was in Southern California. There's this little thing called the sun, right? Um, look, the body needs each other. The body, the, the, the feet and the hands and the eyes, the, the members of the body, I want everything here. I don't want to cut anything off that you can see. I like it all. When you sprain a finger, when you break a finger, when you hurt a back, when you get a headache, right? You notice these things like, man, I took that for granted. I really like having thumbs. It's pretty cool. Well, God has cause created us and, and placed us all over the earth. And, and we have all, these uni all this uniqueness to us. And the way we externally look is only a, a superficial part of that. Um. But the beauty is that in all over the world and all over the cultures and all over the different things, we learn and grow from each other. That's a strength, not a weakness. Well, how do we know that then this is just like just a political thing? How do we know that? I mean, isn't it real after all? Isn't it real that there's real racism that's occurring? Well, yeah. Again, individually, there can be racism. There's no doubt about that. But we know it's political when you only focus on one race. You only focus on one kind or type of race. Again, th there's not like this big group out there like trying to find more rights for the Dominicans <laughs> or, or our Indian friends. Uh, so the darkness of your skin really isn't the issue. You could be very, very light skinned, but if you have any percentage of african-american and you aka black well then you're black well right away that should tell you something's not quite right here why and how did we get here it's important for us to understand history i've mentioned several times that slavery had nothing to do with the color of your skin well then why did it change how did it change to be that where it was only the color of your skin well that happened in the atlantic trade Happened in Africa, happened with the interior Africans, a.k.a. the Muslims, that would go and gather up the, the black Africans and bring them to the coast. And then the Brits and the Portuguese and the Spaniards and the French <coughs> Netherlands would come and buy them and then take them to the Caribbean, to the Americas. That's how this whole division of color came about. That's the, the history of it. But the, tr the color of, of skin um, really was, it was a created product. The product being supplied to the slave ships was black by the African, the black African Muslims. That was the market. And it was easy to identify. It was lazy. Well, 
to skin then matter? Well, it matters in the sense that they made it matter, right? But skin is only pigmentation. That's all it is. It, 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 there's there's a, a, an amount of uh, melanin in, your, in the color of your skin. And the irony upon ironies is it can get lighter. It can get lighter through your generations. And what I always used to love with my, my, my brothers in church was when they flipped their hands over and their palms were wider than my palms. And it's like, huh, that means that there's, there's just a pigmentation issue there. It's not, it's not an internal character thing. They're still a homo sapien. They're still a person. People are peoples, right? People are people, not peoples. And so we see that, well, sun damage can create different color variances. Hormones can create different color variances. But it's the same color blood. There's still people. Um, in fact, there's no evidence in the fossil record. We can't go look up bones and go, oh, yeah, they were all black. Oh, yeah, they were all white. There's, there's no scientific genetic code that would give us any differences. Why? Because they're just people. There really isn't any difference. It's just, a, a, again, a, a construct that's been created. Well, we see here that, a, again, in this passage that you wouldn't want the ear saying, I'm not an eye and I'm not part of the body. If, if I'm not an eye, then I'm not part of the body. I'm excluded. If I'm not the same, if I don't look like you, if I don't serve the same function, then I'm excluded. No. Um, it, it, see, what you see here is like the parts kind of attacking the parts, right? Well, what we're seeing in the world today is like, well, the whole, the whole white guy is attacking the whole black guy or the whole Asian guy. But, it, but it's the same type of situation. It's the same type of, uh, of scenario that the Bible rejects. The parts equal the whole. And, and, and are what made it make it better. I mean, I think about things like, again, just going back to kind of some common sense things in history, but uh, Jacob, who was an Israelite, um, he had a brother, right? Jacob and Esau. Um, Abraham had two sons. He had a son that was Ishmael who went off and as we know in history became part of the Arab culture. We know that, that Esau and his descendants became part of the, the Arab culture and weird thing. They got darker skin and ended up becoming Muslim. So today we look at Jews and, and the Muslims as like completely different races. They all come from Abraham. And that's just a, a, an easy one to look back. There's no superior race. Why is there no superior race? Because we're all fallen creatures. None of us here are righteous. None of us here are without sin. Uh, we, we all have the, the, the sin seed, which means there's no superior race in any way, shape, or form. Hitler got it wrong. Evolution got it wrong. That's what Hitler based his his philosophy on you just got to read his book it's not that difficult all you have to do is is read um, <clears throat> the origin of species Charles Darwin Charles Darwin laying out the 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 variances and the differences of the survival of the fittest all these are, are language and terms that Hitler used 
the survival of the fittest, the Aryan race is better than the Jewish race. Same color skin. But you see how this, this can go. You see how wicked it can be. You see how divisive it can be. When, when, when Hitler was gathering up the Jews in Poland, in Czechoslovakia, in Austria, who was doing that? White Polish people were gathering their white Jewish friends. White Czechoslovakian people were gathering their white Jewish Czechoslovakian friends. They were the same people. These are Jews that were born and raised in these countries. If you ask them, what are you? I'm Czechoslovakian. And yet they created a division. So yeah, we can create divisions. Oh, we can create divisions. It's real easy to create divisions just by being lazy and looking at the color of their skin. Well, third biblical principle is this is an unhealthy attention an unhealthy attention to racism, to division, to differences, really. Verse 22, on the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we deem less honorable, do you see how that shifted? First they seem, seem, and then they are. They seemed less weaker but then well, what do we do with that we, we suppressed the truth and we replaced it with the lie so they are less honorable that's what they did with with spiritual gifts here on these we bestow more abundant honor and our unseemingly members come to have more abundant seemliness whereas our seemingly members have no need of it but god has so composed the body giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked <coughs> that there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all members rejoice with it. Now you are Christ's body and individually members of it. We are individuals. We're different. We're from different places, different colors of skin, different nations, different ethnicities. But now our identification should be in Christ. We're not individual members anymore. Now we're in the body of Christ. We're in one body. One body, one unified body in Christ. But again, look, it starts off with this in our, in our sinful state in nature. We're always like chopping it up, right? Who's better? Who's superior? Who's Who's weaker? Who, who's weaker in this outfit? Well, uh, we're the, the Roman army and we came in with all our, our weapons and all our men and we can conquer the Huns in Germany. So we're stronger and we'll enslave them. We were able to gather up people from Africa, put them on a ship, take them into America, put change on them. We're stronger. They're weaker. We're superior. They're inferior. Well, it didn't take long before the, the assumption of weaker and lesser becomes the reality. The same thing happens in the church. Same thing happens in the church. Uh, you know, the, the, the preacher is more important than the gardener. Well, that's not what Scripture says. Scripture says that, that God has appointed to the church 
various different leaders, various different people with gifts, apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healings, administrations. We see in, in uh, uh, Romans 12, other gifts, gifts of administration, right? Uh, music. Everybody has a different gift. Everybody has a different body part. We come from different places in the world. We have different colors of skin. But that's not really what should be the focus. It's unhealthy, in fact. All it does is creates more hatred, more arrogance, more division. When the Bible keeps telling us it's not about being a male or a female, we got a problem with that one too, don't we? It's not an issue about being a Jew or a Gentile, a Jew or a Greek. We, uh, we went on a trip to an Alaska cruise. You know, and you're up there and you're on this cruise ship and you're looking at like these beautiful mountains and these beautiful peaks and they've got, you know, a glacier, right? These, you know, glaciers and they've got, you know, different animals and wildlife and, and you're like, man, what an advantage. They got whales. They could have, you know, in the day they could have gone fishing and gotten oil and, and lumber and, you know, they had gold, right? It's like they were so lucky to be in Alaska and it's like, Wait, it's been a long time since all it, Alaska is still a rough place to live. So were they lucky or not? Well, you know, you're, you're from California. It's sunny out and you got beaches and tans. You're so lucky. You're from California. You've got that advantage. Well, you know, you're from Iowa and it's so easy to grow corn and, you know, you can grow corn and all this stuff. You're so lucky that you're from Iowa. You've got corn. You're from Texas. You, you, you have, you know, you put a stick in the ground and oil pops up. You're from Pennsylvania, you know, and, and you've got coal and steel. And do, do you see what everybody, wherever you're at, is sitting there going, you know, this is cool, but they really have it better. Everybody has something that's their special, unique thing that you're able to take advantage of, you're able to utilize, uh, you want to call it your privilege whatever it is you want to call it, we start at different places. We can end at different places. The Bible never asks us to all live in the same place, does it? No, go out to all the earth, be fruitful and multiply, and be there. Uh, the Bible sees and understands and through all these different books in the New Testament that, that the culture that's, that's being formed together where Two become one. We see that in marriage and the beautiful thing in marriage that that is. And so to continuously judge things like, well, which is weaker and which is less? Which is honorable and which then is deemed less honorable? Well, the answer to that is neither. Neither one. Verse 25, there shouldn't be any kind of division. Stop thinking that way. Stop thinking that way. The members should have the same care for one another. Why? Verse 24. Because God so deemed it. God so composed it this way. God is the one who made it this way. You know, we just had two babies. It's, you know, well, we, uh, are, are they blonde? You know, are they, what color are their eyes going to be? Blue? It's like there's going to be variances, differences with, with these children. And that, that's an exciting thing. 
th that's something that we, we look forward to. Is, is in, in, and at the end of the day, though, God's the one who created them and made them. They're going to look like they look because God made them this way. Praise God for that. And there shouldn't be any divisions. Don't let there be divisions. You know, we have this saying, you know, opposites attract, right? Why? Because you're good at one thing. I'm good at another. Now we're good at two things. That's a great thing. You know, we talk about the, the helper. My wife helps me. I help her. We help each other. That's a good thing, especially in the kitchen. She doesn't want my help, <laughs> except taking out the trash. That, that I'm, I'm good at that. Um, and here's the thing. Look, our focus as believers. See, the progressive Christianity, the progressive church wants to keep talking about our differences. The Bible wants to talk about how we unite, how we're the same, how we unite around Christ. So that we don't see color. We see brother and sister. That's all we see, brother and sister in Christ. Now you are in Christ's body. Yes, individually members, but in Christ's bodies, body. And we rejoice in this. We should rejoice in this. Turn with me to Romans 7. Romans 7, and again, you've got to understand the, the context of these, these books. These books are being written to multicultural churches. These are not written to, you know, like just some little white community. These are multicultural churches from the get-go. Christianity was multicultural. Romans 7, verse, verse 6, For the mind set on the flesh is death. Stop thinking the way of the world. Think spiritually. The mind, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to. It's the wrong path. For, for Christian churches to, to focus and say, we're going to fight the fight with them, with that political group and organization is the, is the wrong path. And those who are in the flesh can't please God. However, you are not in the flesh, but you're in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So, brethren... We are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you must die. But if you live, but if by the spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live for all who are being led by the spirit of God are sons of God. If we're led by the spirit of God, we are all sons of God. Well, what does that mean? Let's be clear. Verse 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. You have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit of self bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. Every single one of us in this world are the children of our God. We all cry out to our God. We are all brothers and sisters. That's why that's one of my favorite terms as Christians. 
It's Brother Brian. Not just Brian. It's Brother Brian. It's Brother Livy. Right? It's Sister Lucy. Because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We are family. We're not identifying ourselves by color. In fact, the more the merrier. Great. That's even better. We focus on identifying with Christ. Look, even if we tried, we would fail. Do you know how many African Americans we have in our church today? We have one that I know of. You probably would never guess. Unless you really thought about it. And then you realize, well, you know, a, a little gal born and raised in Africa is an African. <laughs> Doesn't matter what color her skin is, does it? <laughs> no. She would be an African, just like this guy Elon Musk. Dude's born in South Africa. He's African. White as can be. He's still African. So when I grew up in the black church, nobody called themselves African-American. They all called themselves brother or black. Brother or black. That was the, that was the way. They, but African-American, it doesn't even work. Egyptians are African. They're totally different skin variances. It's just to show you just how silly it is. Because you know what? We don't identify that way, right? I hope not. I hope that's not like uh, how we really want to. I am a dark Indian. I want to be a light-skinned one. Well, no, I'm a Christian. Not a Hindu. Not a Sikh. Not because that's the real issue, right? The spiritual one's the real issue. So there's no place for racism. Understand this is a satanic attack to divide. And because it's a satanic, a satanic attack, it does exist. But remember, Revelation 7 reminds us, every nation, every tongue, every time, tongue, every language will ascend into heaven. Every single one. The Bible itself is the most inclusive book that we've ever seen. There's no place for racism. The only thing that we should be striving for is to identify with Christ and to get everybody else to do the same, no matter where they were born, how dark their skin pigmentation is. We want them to bow their knee before the throne of God. That's what's essential. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for...